No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world, and today we have uh, my good friend Spiegler. How are you living, man? Okay, so far. Yeah, it's good to have you in here. Um, you you come with one of the most interesting stipulations I've ever witnessed when it comes to getting an interview in. That I always have to answer my phone? You always pick your phone up at all times, no matter what. Where, where does that come from? What is it? You, you have a certain level of dedication. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't want the girls to miss a job, you know, because I didn't answer the phone. Right. But, I mean, when you're working in such a world as the adult entertainment industry, I'm going to try to avoid using the four-letter P word just for demonetization's sake. But um, when you work in such a field, it feels like you are working with so many people that have such interesting personal lives and could be liable to call you at any time. Oh, I get calls literally any time. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, I get calls at 5 in the morning, somebody's sick. I get calls... From companies like you know six in the morning somebody didn't show up right you know and also i get calls from europe and asia sometimes and they don't think about the time difference so mm. they call but i always that we're famous for always answering the phone even when you're sleeping oh yeah i don't answer emails but i'll answer text messages and phone calls right. no matter what Damn, I see. I just find that so impressive. Like a lot of times when pe people will ask me why I haven't gotten into the business of managing rappers, and I feel like my reason for not wanting to manage rappers is pretty much the same reason that I wouldn't want to manage adult entertainment stars. But it just so happens that like they're probably way, even way more of a handful, and you have a whole roster. I don't know. They're not shooting each other. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of personality and, you know, by the way, I can't hear anything. I don't know if this thing's Oh, working. you can't hear anything? It just went out. Jesus Christ. You can just not wear the headphones or something if that's better. We're having real, real nightmares. Hi. My girlfriend, Lana, probably just walked in. She, she's on your list of uh, clients you're trying to take on this year? <laughs> she is enough. <laughs> on her By the way, we never recruit girls. <laughs> really? Yeah. Tell me about that process of how a girl goes from, from just a regular girl to being signed with you. Um, usually they contact us. We, you know, we never recruit and we never advertise anywhere. Mm -hmm. And we only take usually about 30 girls. A year or? No. At, at, at a time. At one time, yeah. And uh, I don't know if you know my background. Where, you know, I retired when I was young and I got into this kind of by accident. Yeah, So no. we don't need the money. I don't need the money. You know, I get most of it away. And so I'm not going to deal with like a ton of girls. Right. Um, and the girls know it, so they know we could drop them any time. Right. We're, you know, uh, I mean, I'm pretty strict, like, on myself, but also on the girls, you know, answering your phone, showing up on time. I've been doing this officially since, like, 99. Uh-huh. Uh, I did it before, but... You know, but and we've only had three girls ever miss a shoot. It's probably the last job that I could ever imagine somebody doing as just a labor of love. But you seem like you're, you're like the, uh, the the Craigslist of the adult it, entertainment industry. You're not trying to turn a profit. I you mean, just yeah, like I it? don't know. I, um, some people ask me why I do it, so, and I, I don't know. But he, you can't do nothing. Mm. And, uh, you know, I got into this originally by lending people money to shoot movies. Mm -hmm. And then I started producing them. And... Uh, then a, a guy from France brought a girl and said at the AVN said, um, "Hey, can you help her get work?" And I knew everybody, hmm. so I took her around. She got jobs, and she sent her friends, and you know, and that's how it started. So you're you said you retired early. What, what were you doing in your early life that allowed you to uh, uh, amass was, such a fortune? I was trade. Well, first I started working when I was twelve. And uh, saving money, and then I started investing in stocks when I was thirteen. Hmm. What did you and, invest in that was so so powerful? Well. One of the best ones was Apple Computer. When um, when the stock market crashed in 1987, the day of the crash, it went from like $56 a share to 29 and 3 eighths. Mm. It actually took a couple... Back then, there was no... You know, now they call them day traders. Back then, there was no electronic buying or selling. So... Can you just get a little closer to the market yeah. possible? Thank so you. back then, you had to actually get a broker on the phone. When the market crashed, it took like a couple of days. Right. But when it crashed, Apple Computer had $36 a share in the bank. Uh, you know, no debt. You know, a lot of assets. Even if they closed the next day, everybody was freaking out. I would have made a profit. Right. But I, I bought a bunch of Apple Computer then. But I bought stuff before that. I retired years before that. But that's the biggest money maker. So you were retired by what age? 22. 22. Yeah. And, but how much money did you think, like, for me, if I wanted to be retired right now, I mean, I'm going to need, what, like 
10 million plus in the bank. 10 million, not, not a lot of money. I know, but I'm trying to think of like a reasonable amount that I might be comfortable retiring with. 10 well, million I mean, is like tw- shit. 10 million now is probably like 20 million when I was, right. you know, 22. But um, I don't know. I mean, just so that I don't live fancy. Mm. When I was first doing this, um, I did have a house and the girls were, you know, they started moving into it. Right. And I thought, oh, girls are moving. You know, and then I, oh, these girls are pigs. <laughs> For real. <laughs> to find they're pigs. All they're really just messy. messy. They're pigs. Do you, you think that's a, a woman thing or a por- no, adult? No, I think it's a porn star thing. Really? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Irresponsible. I remember the first. In the 80s, I've been around, the first year I was around this business was 1985. And there was a porn named Holly Body, and I went to her house. And there was cigarette butts on the floor and food and right. this and that. And I think it's a pretty much a point. You know, they make a lot of money. They don't care. And right. They're, you know. No, when I think about it, there's definitely adult girls that I've uh, hung out with. When I say adult, I mean adult stars or whatever, who have had outrageously disgusting homes. I don't know what it and, is. And so I had to, I got rid of my house because they you started in. I thought, okay, they're messy. And then they're, when it gets really messy, no. Then I had to hire cleaners to come in. But then what I did is it was freaking me out because they were ruining the house. Right. So then I got rid of that and I got a like large three bedroom place uh, uh, apartment in Woodland Hills, uh-huh. and they were moving in there. But even that place, um, when I moved about four years ago out of that place, um, I don't know if you know who Jesse Andrews is. Yeah. So I literally called one eight hundred got junk uh-huh. and had them take everything out of there and throw it away. Right. And I went with Jesse to. Uh, uh, living spaces and gave her like 20 grand and said just buy all the furniture for the new place right all it took was my clothes and stuff and that was it but they ruined that I mean I had seven fires in that apartment caught one on tape oh yeah um, <laughs> seven yeah. fires and I due had to that these fumigated shows? once in how many years well, 11 what were the fires being caused by girls cooking cigarettes maybe no, no. cooking cooking okay yeah. wow. I, mean, I had uh, I had an old microwave and a girl just put like Chicken, it didn't have a timer. She had turned it on, went to the room, and started talking on the phone, and that caught fire. I had another time, um, <laughs> I had um, a girl actually break the windshield on my car one day, and it was bulletproof. What? But, uh, and then she came home and started a fire. <laughs> she, uh, she was like, oh, I'll cook for you, I'll cook for you. And then I was in my room way at the end of the hall, and the house was full of smoke. And I'm like, is something burning? And she's like, no. And I came out, and... I mean, the house is full of smoke, and, and, I guess, and I went in the kitchen, there was this chicken frying in a pan, and I, went, whoa, whoa, and I opened the garbage, and I can't find anything, and I went over the sliding glass door to let the smoke out. She said, no, 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 and there was a pan of chicken on fire, and she just put it out on the balcony and went back to cooking. What the fuck? So, so, okay, so you, you retire, per se, at a young age, you've got a good amount of money, and then... Just for the audience, I, I recently listened to another interview that you did, so I'm a little bit more clear on it. But trace the steps between retiring and then when you first start helping out your first adult student. Well, like, I mean, I didn't do anything for years and years. And then um, a guy who grew up with my cousin was a director, like in the 70s and 80s and 90s, I guess. And um, so I went to set with him a few times in the 80s. And I just as a friend? Hmm? Just as a friend? or Yeah, just as and you, at that point, I wanted to see porn. Right. right. Were you were you the kind of guy who was sort of enamored with this world or with the girls? Yeah, or? but only like, like when I was a kid, you know, you had to go to a movie. I used to go to, I, I grew up right in this neighborhood by Fairfax and Sunset. Mm-hmm. And I had to go to, I, I, but when I was a little kid, I grew up Crusoe in Santa Monica. And um, I used to go by the Pussycat Theater every day on the way to school. And um, so, I mean, when I was a kid, you had to, Go to a movie theater to see so porn. Would you jerk off in the movie theater? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you jerk nah. off? No, that's too much. Yeah. Because you could get in trouble for that. Pee Wee Herman has a yeah. career ruined over that. That's, you know, name three people that were shot in the back of the head. Three famous Americans: Lincoln, right, Kennedy, and the guy sitting in front of Pee Wee Herman in the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really didn't know where you're going. <laughs> but um, but no, and then but I wanted to see it. I mean, after the first two, it was kind of like oh, okay, you know, right. whatever. Um, and now, I mean, I never watch porn. No, I mean, I've really even like Riley Reed in them. I've never seen a Riley Reed scene. You've never seen it? No, Austin Carano. Wow. So I might have seen like if they had a little thing posted on their Twitter. Right. But I was never, uh, I was a, a Riley Reed fan before I did her interview and became friends with her. But now it feels like I'm much more likely to meet a girl in real life before I hear about her and go search out her scenes, you know? 
Yeah, and, I, the, um, and the thing is also, I know like half of it's kind of fake, and mm. this and that, and they're stopping and starting, saying, you know, fans don't just sing it like straight through. Right. So you, so, so you had just been to the to the studio yeah, the, or to the set. That guy like was in the eighties, and then in the nineties, back then there was no um, digital cameras, so if you shot stuff, it was like on these big beta cams, and, mm -hmm. and that guy came to me to produce, like to put up the money for shoots. And uh, I shot three movies with him, and then I realized, like, really the camera guy was the guy shooting the movies. This guy was kind of a hack. Hmm. And, like, he was always in the makeup room with the girls rather than shooting the movie. So I went to the camera guy, and I said, hey, you want to produce some stuff? And I put up money for him, and for I was producing him. And then I did almost, like, 100 features, and this guy came from France with this really hot girl and asked me if I could help her get work. And like I said, I knew everybody. I took her around. She made a lot of money. She sent her friends. I helped them out. And like for the first couple of years, I was doing it for free. And then they were sending more. And then it got to be like a lot of work. Mm. So that's when I said, oh, I'll make a business out of it. Right. And so, yeah, did, did you feel like that was something, you know, because it's interesting to go from retired, really, like just effectively doing whatever you want to then all of a sudden taking care of this large roster well, it of girls slowly because it wasn't a large first of all we don't have a ton of girls now but even then it was like you know a few at a time um i started you know i started with this other guy i told him um a, a guy that i had gotten in the business before i said hey you know i'm gonna start doing this you want to do it with me and he's like okay but he kept his regular job and uh, after a week he had to give it up because but we only had like it was called top models first mm -hmm. And um, we had like 10, 12, I think 15 girls at the most at the time. Right. And um, so it wasn't, you know, it was like work, but not overwhelming. Now, like I said, 30s, about the most I could handle. How many like, employees probably. do you have now? How many what? Employees. Uh, <laughs> one, but he doesn't really do anything. Really? He'll tell you. You don't feel like there's a certain extent to which you could be building this out so that like somebody else could be helping you and you wouldn't have to be picking up the phone in the middle of the night? No. Because nobody, like, it's kind of like a boutique kind of thing. Nobody is going to be as dedicated as I. Other agents have even said, oh, I want to be like speed girls. But they're not going to answer the phone at 3 in the morning. And they're not going to, I mean, I double check and triple check everything. And I make mm -hmm. sure everybody's tested and this and that. And. You, you know, it's like anything. You could build it bigger, but the quality is not going to be the same. I know a girl who you who was working with you for a period of time, and then all of a sudden you let her go. And like from my perspective, I was just like, you know, whoa, like what what's going on with her? Like I was worried. Was that recently or way back? Then? Relatively recently, yeah. Oh, and I was start I, with a G. Huh? Yes, I was a little worried though. I'm like, what she got going on that that Spiegler let her go? Because I know that you have that being signed with you is such a prestigious thing that realistically, like almost no girl is going to walk away from working with you unless it's forced upon them, right? Well, yeah, I mean, like the last one left was like maybe two, three years ago, and that was because another agent. We don't represent guys, right? And she had a boyfriend who was kind of like a a mope you know and i like when it and the agent said oh if you come with us we'll get him work mm. which she went with them and they don't really get him that much work but but uh before that like maybe one will leave every three four years right and um i mean honestly you could have, you know i don't know if gina if you you know ask but yeah whatever yeah, she knows. Why, <laughs> but, why, why did that particular relationship not work out i mean i, I love i still hang out with gina but She's just not, you know, she's very Brazilian. Not, like, super dedicated to getting up on time and showing mm. up on time and this and that. And um, our girls are knowing, known for being, like, super reliable and, you know, always showing up. And, and um, you know, and also they because they are, they get a lot of work. Our girls work more than anybody. They get paid more than anybody. But, like, a lot of these companies, Brazzers and Kink and whatever, they book our girls out of town a lot because they know... Mm. They will get on the plane. They'll show up, this and that. And if I, I tell the girls, you got three jobs with us. There's a fucking and sucking, and then there's two tough ones. Don't make me look bad, and don't give me shit to worry about. Mm -hmm. So if I have to worry about stuff, that that's it. And it's, But it's, it's interesting. Would you say the average person who, who gets into your job role is doing it because they're really horny? Because you don't really seem like that type. And I've talked to plenty of girls. I'm like, Spieglers, he's not like that. They're like, nope, nope, nope. No, nope. I mean, uh, first of all, it's not a good idea 
the shit where you, I only went out with one porn girl that was like in the maybe early mid early 2000s you gave her a few tries on dates or what uh, I went out with her but also first of all even if you're not if you pay more attention to one girl than the others mm-hmm. they get upset I, I won't carry a girl's luggage. I want this or that because they, you know. So if you're dating one, even if I was dating a girl that's not important, they don't like it. Mm. <laughs> it's true, right? Yeah. And um, so, you know, I don't know. It's it's. Uh, but a lot of the, a lot of people get into this. First of all, a lot of male talent get into this because they're losers and can't get laid in real life. Myself included. Yeah. Yeah, but serious. That you know, if you see like some of these people in real life, they're being. Mm, but um, but a lot of the agents, I think a lot of them really get into it because they think there's going to be a fortune, you know, a ton of money, mm-hmm. and it's really easy. Right. And I mean, like, some of the smaller agents, for them, it might be what they consider a ton of money, and they don't have to, you know, a lot of them get shit wrong and this and that, but if you get, like, some high girls, people still want to hire them. Mm. So for them, they're making way more than they would in an office job, and not really straining themselves. Right. You know, it's, it's interesting for a lot of people, they might not really understand that you're the agent. So you work directly with the girls and then these adult companies, whether it's Vixen or, uh, you know, Pornhub or, or no, no, sorry, Brazzers, whoever, they come to you and they basically rely on you to make these shoots happen. That's like the... They, the, they the count on, I mean, that's like, like some agents they won't work with, you know, or other ones, like I remember saying... This guy fucked something up, and um, and uh, he goes, "Oh, I'm going to call him and straighten it out." And I and I call Brazos first. I go, "This guy's going to call you straighten it out, but don't answer." They go, "We don't talk to the guy on the phone. He's on a need to text basis because he fucks up so much. You know, they want him black and white, white." But um, the fact that we do, like, like I said, I double and triple check when the testing. You know, I tell the girls the day before they have to get tested. First of all, our girls always have an overlapping test. Mm. The test never expires. But I always tell them the day before, you have to get tested tomorrow. Then I tell them that day, you have to get tested. Um, Is this you know, all in your head, or do you have like a, a calendar I update that reminds you? Yeah. And uh, I schedule it in there for them. And, you know, things are moving around all the time. It's like, you know, a matrix. But, um, you know, we... So I got to always make sure they got a good test. And when I... I you know, I... Some people in porn, I'll get the info for the girl shoot like the day before or not even till the night before. Mm. And I send it to them, make sure they get it. But if I get it like some of the bigger companies, I'll get it a few days before. I send it to the girl. I'll still double check. But I have a, t- a double checking. You have tomorrow's info. To, I even double and triple, you know, and, and also the little details that matter. They need black heels for this. Mm. If they want your nails French manicured. You forget that you, you screw up a whole shoot. Mm. I've only made 15 mistakes since 1999. And what, what are like, how big does it have to be for you to consider it a mistake? Well, like sending a girl to shoot and say, um, tell her uh, makeup is there and, and she was supposed to do her own makeup. Right. But, um, but it didn't mess up the shoot. But uh, still, I don't like to make mistakes. I have so much respect for that because, like, for uh, for instance, I just did an interview. Uh, I thought that interview was Thursday, so I was, like, sitting around on Thursday, and then I finally realized I had to check my email. Boom. Nope. It's Saturday. Just a regular day in the life. You know? I'm just fucking stuff up. Do, do you, have you always had that kind of mind state where you're just, like, really focused and really organized? I mean, I don't know when I was younger, but, like, now, I mean, it's for... You know, it's, it's being professional, you know, you, and also like, you know, the girls count on us, but also the companies count on us mm. to, and that's why they use our, you know, our girls are really good, but that's also another reason why they use our girls a lot is because like I had like kink.com when they were in, uh, in San Francisco, I booked girls with them 1100 times mm. and they have to get on a plane, fly to Oakland, get on a van, you know. We've only had three girls in that whole time that missed a flight. And out of those three, two were on the next flight and still made it in time. One, there was no next flight to Oakland, so I made her um, get her own flight to San Francisco directly and take a cab there. But out of the 1,100 of them, 1,100 of them made it. See, I mean, it's just such a rare 
quality to see somebody who a takes a job that it seems like most people don't have this attitude towards and then just does such a ridiculously good job of that job and also where it seems like you're willing to just go the extra mile in situations where you probably don't really have to where the company the, the porn company would be forgiving you know in a situation as a business owner you're always trying to balance in your head like the risk versus the uh, the, the cost that you're going to be taking and it seems like you are so one-sided in your yeah your dedication it, to being perfect do it right and and the girls are gonna do it right mm. so. what kind of girl catches your eye what, what does a girl need to have to become well, part of the team like i said we want them to be good looking um i want the girl to be a pervert because i want them to be doing this not just for the money but because that's really what they they're into have you seen that where you have girls come in and then they're they're genuinely not that excited about having sex and it just doesn't last yeah i mean you know like uh should i <laughs> yes yes <laughs> I mean, it like alana rhodes or something no. oh yeah alana rhodes yeah. i have heard the she's but, a, i mean lana rhodes is like and i will I'll, i'm not a big fan but i'll say that she's one of the hottest girls in porn probably oh she was but she's not really a pervert no i mean i don't think she was she just thought she was gonna scam a bunch of people make a bunch of money and that would be it really yeah like I don't know what she's talking but, about. But when you say scam? Like like when she was living in my place, she she lived in my building. She was like, I'm fostering dogs. Send me stuff for dogs. And she had one dog, but she just didn't want to buy it stuff. And, right. And she thinks she thinks the fans are dumb and they're going to, you know. Oh, so she made kind of a, a messy exit there? Well... Yeah, we you know we dropped her. I don't know, if you know. No, no, no. But uh, so, but when you look at it, like, she didn't show up for a party she was supposed to be at, mm. and she was doing something that she shouldn't be at that time, but didn't know that I knew, and that was the end of that. Oh, uh, okay. Well, hey, I mean, it's, it's it's just great to know that you have such a dedication to the craft. When you say that you want a girl to be a pervert, though. Have you had girls where you thought that they were the right amount of pervert, but then you found out that they were actually, like, way too much of a pervert, just a little bit too grimy? No. I mean, I'll take... And also, another thing that's important for me is that I want them to be smart, mm. which you take a hot chick, and if they're smart, they're way hotter than me. Mm. And if they're a pervert and all that stuff, that's, like, a pervert. I mean, there's like, we have some girls that would be doing this for free. Mm. I wouldn't let them do it for free, <laughs> but they'd be doing it for, you know, this is kind of, you know, what they're, you know. I had a girl, I don't know if you watch a lot of porn, right? um, you know who Annette Schwartz was? Uh, she no. was like one of the dirtiest, filthiest whores. <laughs> and I mean, in the most loving way possible. Right. I mean, like a lot of the male town were afraid to work with her. Really? Yeah, six foot tall, German. She was the hardest core chick in the history of porn. Scared to work with her? She was just too aggressive? She injured a lot of guys. Really? Yeah. I, 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 I said, she was on set, she tore some guy's toenail off during the scene. What? Yeah. With her teeth or something? I have no idea. I didn't even want to know. Whoa, I never would have ever even considered that. That sounds amazing. But that chick, yeah, she, yeah. Somebody she, told me that we should be really careful if we ever came close to hooking up with Nicolette Shea because she's just so ruthless. She's crazy. Smashing up and down the and dick I mean, that I might get injured. You know? but, no, yeah, she's a little crazy. Yeah, yeah she's out there. But, but I mean, I've never seen her do a scene. Right. But I've seen her in person a lot of times. And but you don't manage male talent. No. No interest. They'd be way worse than girls. Right. They, they First of all, a guy, okay, a, a, a girl, a, a female needs you to get them started. Then if they do well, they're going to go for a while, and then they need you to keep them going. Right. Um, a guy needs you to get them started, and then if they're any good, they, you know, like I helped, like, Tony Rebus, Manuel, and a bunch of them when they first came to America. Right. Steve Holmes, a lot of, but if they're good, they don't really need an agent. You know, they could be 45 years old and still working, no problem. Right. Or Steve Holmes is probably older than that. But, uh, but, uh. So guys don't really, you know, they're not going to listen. They think they know everything after, I mean, some girls think they know everything after six months, but they come to realize they don't. I was describing you uh, earlier to one of my employees, and he said, man, he sounds like basically the most official legal pimp ever. Now, I've, That's I've how actually said that myself, and people got, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. No. She dedicated a snow globe to yeah, some asset carrier gave him a, a snow globe that said to the number one pimp. Yeah. But but um, pimping is illegal though. Let's draw a line in the sand. Well, there's a different differentiation between porn and and prostitution. 
Do you mind when your girls escort? I don't like them doing it um, because not uh, personally. I'm a libertarian. I I think drugs should be legal and escort, but I don't want the girls really doing it Mm. because then they're not going to do the. That's that's where I you're gonna you know oh the chick's not answering her phone. She's not this. She's not that. And that gets to be a problem. Right, especially if they were doing it a lot, huh? And that's the thing with you is that you're super demanding. You want a girl who's down to work how many days? Six, seven days a week? I mean, each girl. Here's the thing. When we get it like a new girl, slowly you work them up to see what they can. I mean, like like, like in a bell of danger. She can work 14 days a week. But <laughs> still, I wouldn't let them do that. Uh, like five is a you know. Because also, I don't think it's good for the girl. Mm. I don't think it's good for your immune system. Even girls like I, that that German girl I told you about, she literally wanted to work like a couple times in the early 2000s. You could work twice a day. Mm. But um, you're going to get sick. You're going to get your BV. They're going to get yeast infections. They'll also, you know, your immune system's down. You'll get, you know, gonorrhea easier and chlamydia and this and that if you're over, you know, overworked. And in the end, it's going to, you know, maybe cost you money or it might even out. So why not give them some days off? Mm. When Riley first started with me, she would work six days a week and have one day off. Mm-hmm. And then she started a website and she was, you know, working four days a week doing real porn then or mainstream porn and then a couple of days like on her website and then a day off or so. Now she's doing like a lot more with her web and this and stuff, you know, so she works basically two days a week. Mm. So I do have her booked until March. Really? Yeah. What's the health of the adult industry, like, from your perspective right now versus, you say, in the early 2000s? Was that the real heyday before the Internet really well, took you over? Know, I think, as Carly Simon once said, these are the good old days. Mm. People are like, oh, I remember those days and DVD sales. But if the companies that are doing it properly, digital, monetizing it, some are making way more. There's way more money in porn right now than there ever was then. Mm. I mean, you know, there's billions and billions more than there was then. Um, back then, you know, if you had a DVD company, you know, a lot of those people like to cry the end of, you know, the, the era. But, I mean, like, you know, girls like her making a ton of money, you know, you're not working as much as, you know, the, the other girls are. Mm. And if you know what you're doing, and that's pornography. A lot of people don't think of that as porn. Right. The porn business, mm. but that is, and a porn business, you know, girls webcamming at home, and you know, people streaming stuff on Pornhub, and and you know, so there's Does, a lot more money in it now. Is there a part of you that wants to support the adult industry because of the fact that you are just a libertarian and you think that this is how things should play out, and the sex workers should have rights and be able to do whatever they want? Is that is that part I of think- it? My my stand is pretty much everybody should be able to do whatever they want as long as they don't interfere with anyone else. And you're over here facilitating it. Yeah, <laughs> I am. <laughs> I like that. I mean, I, I said I was a legal pimp in like the, the 90s and people got on my case because I said it on the internet. But, mm. it, you know, though, though, you know, California differentiates uh, prostitution from porn because, in you know, uh, in prostitution, you have person A person, paying person B for sexual gratification. Mm. In porn, you have a company A paying person B and C. You know, the, the person paying has no interest in sexual gratification. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, that's legally the difference. Do you ever see, either actually see or just hear about the fallout from stuff like, uh, you know, DVDs or just people in general trying to make porn look like this inherently anti-woman thing? And is that something that you resent or like how do you feel when you hear about this well, sort of I mean, narrative you gotta admit some of it is anti-woman but most of it isn't and also there's kind of a pendulum that swims back and forth and like in the early like 2006 2000 you know got really hard max hardcore and mm. rob black and all these people and it was like really degrading and then it's kind of swung more the stuff that's really selling now is the vanilla kind of you know prazers uh, and and Stuff, Naughty America and those kind of things where it's not that degrading. I mean, of course, it's all in the eyes of the beholder saying what they think it is. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and from this beholder, I don't think it's that bad now. Right. Do you you feel as if, like, how do you feel when something is coming down the pipeline like the condom regulation? Well, like I said, I'm a libertarian. And also, I mean, 
A, I don't think that's necessarily that good for you. And B, there's a lot of girls that don't want to work with condoms. Right. Um, Riley won't work with condoms. Mm. And a lot of girls, it irritates them. And um, they just, you know, don't want to work with them. And, and that's fine with me as long as, you know, they know. I mean, that's another thing. Is like if girls approach me, you know, um, and they've never shot porn before. Mm. I tell them, and we try to talk them out of it. You tell them all the negative stuff oh, up yeah. front. I tell them you're going to get gonorrhea, and you're going to get chlamydia, and you're going to have to work with ugly, smelly guys, and ugly, smelly girls. No, for real. Not, That's what they need but, to regulate is the smelliness. They need to buy everybody deodorant. <laughs> I don't know if it would work. But, but. but they, uh, you know, and that, you know, there's a possibility you get HIV. It's very small, but... but I mean, you know, it's like, uh, it's a real business. And if you want to do it right, you have to build a brand and treat it like a real business. Mm. And, you know, I mean, Riley's done really good at that. Right. Does that, how do you feel about the advent of the private Snapchat porn girls or the people like Riley who have their own website? Does that take away from your business? Is that something It might, yes, in a little short term, but not really because most of those girls are still working. Um, And... I mean, I, you know, personally, I don't care that much. I mean, because I want them to succeed after their mainstream porn career. Mm. And I uh, want them, you know, to be able to make a ton of money. Of course, you know, like, I, I don't, my dad, I'm an economist. That's, you know, my degree. And, and I try to get them all to save their money or, or put it away or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, if it impacts my business, I don't care that much. Right. You're going to be and doing also, the, the, you know, um, those girls will tend to last longer, too, in the business, the ones that are monetizing and, and doing well. Mm. And if they're smart, like Riley, Riley can quit doing mainstream porn right now, no problem. Right. And But you still want to remain relevant, so you do some of it. Right. You know. Um, it's, it's interesting to me that you've reached such heights of success doing... That's one sliver of what has to be done in the industry, and that you never really felt the need to go out there and create your own like website, I, you know, identity. Is there some? What is it that made you want to get really, really good at this one role, as opposed to like? I'm sure that I, I think that you are the kind of guy who has like the the know-how and the intelligence to create like your own browsers or whatever like well, that. Has that never occurred to you? No, that you but I've had to... a bunch of people offer like to expand, you right? Know, yeah. but like. The one guy that worked for me, George, a whole four hours a week. Um, he still works for you. Yeah, four he, hours and a he week. He gets the Spiegel girls' money. Right. But uh, yeah, usually on Fridays he goes to the bank. I mean, he goes to the the uh, PO box and gets all the checks, deposits the bank, comes over to my house, writes himself a check, and, and that's basically all I see of him. When I was listening to Asakira interview you in a car driving to Vegas, George called you like two to three times throughout the course of that hour. So yeah, I, because I, he was following this. Right. Was, my but employees don't call me. Once a night, his job is to call me around nine or 10 and go over all the shoots for the next day just to, and then once in a while, like if we get a new girl like Gia Durs or whatever that don't drive yet, he'll have to drive them. Oh, okay. But when I was first doing this, all our girls were European. Mm-hmm. None of them drove or wanted to drive in America. So, I would have to, you know, and him would have to drive all these girls every day. Like one year, I put like 72,000 miles on a car just driving the girls. Holy shit. Now, now there's Uber and all that stuff. But you know, the new girls, I don't want them to, they don't know the addresses yet, the houses and this mm-hmm. and that, where the shoots are. So I don't want them to get lost or and freak out or whatever. So if they're brand new and they don't drive, George will take them. You really do have a dad-esque mentality. That's you know? what the... Girls say, I, uh, I used to have a girl named Lorelai Lee, mm. who's like a famous writer and is actually going to law school right now. And she said it's like um, like uh, um, a dysfunctional family. Right. Where I'm like the dad and they're all the little kids. Yeah, because you know, I think about it like if if I you know was operating a business and some girl had to come to this building or whatever it's like what what is my mentality going to be on her getting to the building my mentality is going to be here's the address figure it out here's the phone number you call that will help you figure it out that's it but say it was your daughter you would be very caring you would you would describe in detail you would try to like really you know guide her through make make the phone calls you need send somebody to help her if need be no and also like when we have girls that are new you tell them this is like this guy is like you know, likes this and this guy likes that, and then you know you, you you tell them all about the shoots and the 
people are working with and stuff, so that they feel more comfortable going in and there's no surprises. Mm. I mean, in the long run, that's better for me too. Right. There's no surprises. But um, yeah, like I said, when they're new, like there's a lot of locations in the business that people use all the time. Right. And once the girl's been there 10 times, you know, they can find it. But mm. other times, like she had to go to a place on Reseda the other day and I've never been there. And she, you know, so I had George take her to make sure she got there and inside. And also, like, the companies appreciate that, too, because the girls show up. Right. Definitely. I had a girl um, who's in the adult industry on this podcast recently who told me that she really wanted to, that she had actually told her agent that she wanted him to find uh, a dude to take a dump on her. For a, Are you the kind of guy who could facilitate that kind of thing, or is that totally outside uh, the I realm of no. no. You don't have any connects in Brazil or anything besides Gina? I'm sure you did. <laughs> Take a girl if you really need to down to like you know downtown LA and get somebody to do it for ten bucks. But yeah, downtown. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of dudes trying to take a shit for ten bucks. No, yeah, but she was saying that her agent was telling her that she would probably have to go to Germany. I guess there's no. I mean, also that would not be really good for your reputation if you try to build a. Oh, really? Anything? Yeah. I couldn't believe she even said it on this podcast. No. Shocking. I'll, I'll give you a name later. Don't worry. It went viral. There was like a, I, I saw a clip of it on Twitter that well, a million you said views. You said it on here. Well. Yeah, and everybody was just so excited well, about. You could say her name. Yeah, the poop emoji was just out in the comments. Like Wait, who crazy. was it? Um, you, you said she said. Her name, that's the problem. Violet. <laughs> Violet. Uh, what was Violet it? Saucy. Violet Saucy is her Twitter name. Never heard. Violet. Uh, I forget her real last name though in real life. But she said it on your show. She she yeah, aired so it's it out. Not private. It's definitely not private. No spoilers here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you, so you famously will only work with a girl if she does anal. Are there any other stipulations? Not only, oh, but, really? Uh, but they gotta be willing to do it in the future, and you can always figure out if they're gonna do it. Right. Yeah. Well, she would have gotten around to it. Who? Carly. Carly Gray. Yeah. Right. She never she was did about it. About to, and then, and then she went and I, made a baby. <laughs> no, that's oh, not a spoiler. Oh, we had four. We had kids like over a period of like. Three months last year. Really? Is yeah. that a nightmare? Like normally, people are pretty happy for a girl when she gets pregnant. For you, it's like, uh, God damn it. The thing is, honestly, we have like a lot of girls want to be on the site. Hmm. So if one of them leaves. It's like I have a bunch waiting to get on there now, and and you know I need space. <laughs> so if one of them leaves. You know, it sounds kind of colorful, but they're replaceable. Right. Damn. But so yeah, if a girl. Reaches out to you, but then she's not down to do anal. What What is your attitude, or how can you they tell? They better if be you... like Lana Rhodes looking. Mm. And she ended up doing it too. <laughs> but no, the thing is, I ask them a bunch of questions. Like I said, I want to be a pervert. But like I tell girls all the time, when you I ask you a question, it's not the answer; it's the moment before the answer. What do you so mean? you say to the girl, "Are you you know do you do anal? No. Will you ever do anal? No. Then they will. Right." But if you, will you ever do it? No. What? Ten grand? Would you do see for ten grand? Mm, no. Yeah, they will. Right. But if they like, um, Gen, uh, no, Jenna Sativa, we, she started. Would you do guys? No. Would you do a guy for ten? No. Like right away. You know she's never gonna do it. So a guy. you knew she was real. Yeah. Right. But um, but most of them also, even if they say no in the beginning, they're hanging out with all our girls who are talking about anal and douches and enemas and this and that and, that. and eventually to them it's like ah, I, don't, I don't know why I thought it was a big deal and they, they end up doing it anyway and talk to girls all the time too who seem to think that anal is actually better than do a vaginal because you know there's less bacteria there's less crazy stuff I mean I on. had girls when I was first in this business saying that and I didn't believe it but you know I'm not a anal kind of guy <laughs> but, uh, but someone would say I was better than vag and da, 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 and I guess it's true. I mean, you know, a lot of them prefer the anal. Do you have a sort of similar mentality when it comes to stuff like double penetration? Is that like a must if a girl really wants to go far in the industry? Well, they don't have to, but also a lot of the girls have said, you know, of their own volition that they prefer, once they've done it, they prefer the DP to the anal. Right. I mean, you tell that to a new girl and they're like, nah, nah. But like I said, I mean, I remember I was in a Uber ride to the... Uh, Pornhub Awards, uh -huh. and just the crap that was coming out of these girls' mouths. One talking, and the Uber guy was like from Russia. We had uh, ten girls in the car. Oh man! And he's like, and, and, yeah, and I was cleaning out, and I crapped all over this, and this guy fucked me ass, and I was blowing it. And to them, but the girls like, 
it's kind of like a little family, but they hang out. I guess if they don't want to do anal in the beginning, after a while, they just, why not? It's not a big deal. They're all doing, you know, it just it becomes normalized. It might seem like a big deal when you're on the outside world, but once you get deep into the industry, then it's just uh, the most pun. normal thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> like I good. tell the girls, you know, anal is just like riding a bicycle, only without the seat. Mm. But there's the whole cleaning process and everything. I, like that's I don't even want to know that. about that. They, they tell each other. I don't even want to know about that. Yeah. It just seems so unlikely that a guy who's not terribly interested in watching porn or banging all the girls would end up in a position of such power. But you I might guess that be that... able to do a better job. It's like being a doctor. If you look mm. at it clinically, you know, you're not personally involved in whatever. You might be able to do a better job. Yeah. I feel like being a gynecologist would probably ruin vaginas for me for sure. I don't know, you might appreciate some better than the others, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, you can appreciate the structure, integrity, structural integrity. No, but I mean, that's the same thing with me interviewing all these rappers. Is like once you really know what's going on in the music industry, it becomes kind of hard to just see a song for a song. It's not just, oh, that sounds nice. No, you start thinking about, oh, so the label put this guy with this guy because they wanted to, you know, just, yeah. it adds a lot more texture no, to it. No, there's a lot of that, yeah, here too. There's why, who's put with whom in what movie and at what time of the year and why. And, mm. Yeah, because a lot of people are vying for like awards and you know, so you you always why there's always like politics behind politics behind politics. What are your thoughts on the dynamics of like the interracial thing where girls get into the industry and they maybe don't want to do that? Is that still the standard? Not really. I mean, I've only had I think one girl that never did interracial, uh, but and that was because she was Italian and her family would kill her. But usually it's just that they don't want to you know do it. But um, also, like, unlike other agents or other models, we don't charge extra. You don't? For no. Oh, okay. I thought that that was just industry standard. Was no. That, so, so do you think that there's a large percentage of the fans that are going to be bothered by a girl doing interracial these days? Here's the thing. I tell a girl, if you start doing IR, a bunch of your fans are going to, you know, start calling you names. And blah, blah, blah. But you will gain a lar much larger segment of fans right. for doing interracial. Yeah, all the black guys, number one, are going to, if you never sleep with a black dude, all these black guys are going to be looking at her like, fuck her. Like, what the hell is her problem? Well, yeah, and also, I mean, can you imagine being a black guy and, the, and you're the director and you're the talent and the girl wants more to work with you? Right. There it goes. Do you, has Viagra had a negative impact on, on the game or in terms of the male talent? I don't know because I'm, I don't know who's taking it, but I'm sure most of them are. And then also, you know, a lot of guys are shooting their dicks up. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. I saw that on, on a behind the scenes once, like 10 years ago. A, I would never, I mean, I, I don't mind getting my blood drawn or whatever, but I could never stick myself with a needle in the arm, let alone in the dick. Right. But um, I seen it once and I don't, I don't know how they could do that. And then a lot of guys doing that end up having to get implants because, you know, scar tissue builds up. Right. And eventually that's not working. Wow. Scary yes. stuff. I can see why you don't want to work with the male talent. <laughs> and whenever anybody asks who's on our girls no list, I said basically me. <laughs> but we're not big on no lists either. How important are? Oh, you're not big on no lists. You know, you try to stay away from that. You got to be professional. I mean, unless somebody did something really wrong, right? You know, whatever. Girls use the no list as kind as, of a way to London, be petty. As I used to tell London Keys, and she would always say back to me, "This is not a dating service." Right. So that's. But I mean, there's got to be some dudes out there who are just who have done th stuff that's so offensive to the girls that they're just not. Not into really. It I mean, there's like uh, back in the time Max Hardcore, but we would never book girls with Max Hardcore. Right. And I remember seeing that in high school and being amazed, disgusted, every, yeah, so many emotions. And that's not a good like look for your career. And uh, back then, Rob Black, they just have people doing really weird, crazy stuff. That's not good for you. So, but that's not a particular male talent. There's um, yeah, there's like a couple that would creep the girls out a little. Mm. Um, there is, and uh, and there's also like some that like there's one male talent who's actually a decent male talent, but he's a, a big partier. Mm. And I don't want to be like some of these other ages where you're banned from working with our girls. But I tell people if they want to book this one particular guy with our girls, um, if he doesn't show up, if he shows up with a bad test. If he sneaks out in the middle of the scene, which he all to go do drugs or something? Yeah, he did that to AJ Applegate. <gasps> the guy like, oh, I'm going to the bathroom and climbed out the window and left. 
The and, window. Uh, so I tell him that I, I won't ban him, but if he doesn't finish the scene with the girls, it's 100% kill fee. Mm. You want to hire the guy? You want to take a chance on him? If he don't make it to the thing, then you know, you're going to pay the girl the whole rate. you got to have an amazing dick to get away with that. He's got a big dick and like it's a big cum shot, but still the guy's just... He's a meathead. <laughs> And, 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 and a druggie. Right. How, um, how important are the awards to you? To me? I mean, it's good to have girls win a bunch of awards. Just I because mean, it helps the business? Is that the only reason you care about it? Yeah, for the girls to make... I mean, at one point, our girls won a way disproportionate share of awards. I know. You've been and accused of uh, sort of cheating the system as well. I was going to say, yeah. well, they, they hired an astrophysicist. <sighs> To figure out the odds that Spiegel Girls would win the uh, right the awards like five years in a row, and it was one in one point zero four eight million. <laughs> but the higher net. I mean, I I'm, like I said, I'm an economist. I took statistics. According to the the people that said that there's like sixteen agents, which I don't think there is. But also, if you say one in sixteen times one in 16, five times, it's one in one point zero four eight million. But um, but also when you do statistics. There's a Latin phrase, sedibus paribus. All other things remaining equal. Mm. The agents are not equal. The girls are not equal. The shoots are not equal. So, you know, like I said, we try to plan out. We try to get the better girls in the better shoots, the ones that are kind of being shot for the awards and showcases and this and that. It's like not just booking jobs. It's kind of an overall plan. Mm. And, I mean, you have the power to sort of market the girls in a sense. like to, And, and I mean... Doing that kind of survey, it could never really account for the fact that you are a person who has taste and you're going out of your way and you're doing it exactly how you want it to be done. It's not like this is some randomized thing. No, and like I said, because of the fact that, you know, I don't need the money and the girls know when they will show up on time. Like if, uh, you know, uh, Wicked or, or, I don't know, some big companies doing a feature movie that they want after the awards, they'll tend to hire our girls because they're well-known, but they also... We'll hire them because they know they will show up. You, you know, if you have a feature, and usually our girls are the first on the call sheet because they don't want everybody to get behind and mm. run late and stuff. So a lot of our girls get in there because they're good, but also because they're really reliable. Like I've only had, like I said, three girls ever flake on a shoot. Right. That's amazing. Um, I mean, I had awesome. I remember when, by the way, about answering the phone all the time, when she started with me, like, I answered the phone 24 hours a day. And I remember she, like a month or two, and she got food poisoning. And she texted me at 4.45 in the morning. And she was surprised. I called her right back. Mm. And then I replaced her in the movie. But, you know, the companies appreciate the dedication. Right. Do you see yourself doing this until you croak, or when are you going to stop? I mean, uh, sometimes, you know, it's psychologically, it, it helps the fact that I know that I don't have to do this. Right. Yeah, I could stop tomorrow. Mm. Um but also you can't do nothing. But um, yeah, I mean, people like uh, ask when I'm going to retire, but I don't know. I'm just You're having fun. too much fun. It's not always fun, but it, sometimes it is. But you just, and also, you know, like I'm responsible for all these girls. Right. Like their, their lives and their livelihoods. And it's more than just the jobs. They're calling me, you know, boyfriend problems and this one and that one and, you know, all kinds of crap like all the, all the time. Is that that's it's, a nightmare for you? It's like being a counselor. When you find out that a girl got a boyfriend, it depends. Yeah, ninety percent of the time it's terrible. If it's a guy like me, you're like, okay, class act. Well, I'm into it. I don't know how much you support the girl. I mean, with oh, someone that really support the girls in the. If, the, you if, know. if if my girlfriend was one of your girls, I, you would never have a complaint about me. I don't <laughs> think. I might yeah. have a complaint about I mean, her fucking all these random ass the dicks, but most of the boyfriends of these girls are sitting at home smoking weed and playing video games all day. Well, that's pretty and, much me. You yeah. got out of the house today. Just today, though. It was Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> but no, a lot of them, it's, it's uh, and also a lot of them are, and know nothing about the business, but are giving them advice all the time. Oh, I yeah. don't think you should do that. And inevitably, they're always going to be like, I don't want you getting game anymore, right? Eventually, yeah. yeah. But like I told them, it's not a gang, it's a club. <laughs> Amazing man, yeah. So, so you see, you don't have any particular things that you're working on outside of what you are mastering right now. You're just, you're. That's what I find very interesting. You're a guy who just seems very content to have completed a level of mastery with this one side of your business, 
and that you're just content with that and you're going to continue to just be the man in that field. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm glad that we're kind of at the top of the, the field. And I like even the other agents, like I said, so we want to be like you. Mm. But I know that unless they're answering the phone at 3 in the morning, they're never going to be like us. Right. And they usually you know, they have the, the you know, wife and a bunch of kids or, or the girl, you know, and they just, you know, they, they, I remember some girl telling me she called her agent and he's like, uh, she had an emergency. She's like, oh, I'm taking a personal daily. I can't talk to you right now. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine doing that. Right. Man, that's, you sound like such a great communicator because somebody like me, if somebody calls me, I feel no pressure to call them back. I mean, if I call them back well, two days later, I feel nothing. We're never going to miss the call. Right. You're never going to miss the call in the first place. I could probably show you. Uh, I think the last uh, voicemail I got is December year before last. Mm-hmm. Wow. See, I mean, to put it in perspective, if I looked at my phone right now and Drake was trying to call me, I would put the phone back down. I would continue the interview and then I would call Drake back because there's almost nobody I give a fuck about them communicating with me enough that I would take myself away from the conversation I'm having right now. But I suppose I have a level of dedication to podcasting that is sort of akin to the level of dedication that you have to being a porn agent. Yeah. There you go. Do you have any hobbies outside of this? Anything you do just to relax? No. Walks yeah, on Malibu. Go, yeah. you go to that's, walk by the beach. Yeah, that's I used awesome. to have a house up there years ago, which I shouldn't have got rid of, but you know, and I miss it. I, mean, I go to Malibu a few times a week. Yeah. <laughs> who's your Who's your favorite rapper? Young Nudie. If you don't say that, it's over. Who? Young Nudie? No. What's well, a good name for a guy like you? <laughs> <laughs> Young Nudie. Wait, have you Have you heard him listen to it before? You love Young Nudie. I could. I might be able to plug you in. You want to meet Young Nudie? All right. People have no idea who I'm speaking to. <laughs> hey, man, this is something I've been looking forward to for a few years. I really appreciate you uh, coming through and let me pick your brain. One of the, the most essential cogs in this adult entertainment world that has uh, you know, just been absolutely devastated in the industry for all these years. It's amazing, man. Mm, thanks. Much respect and the fact that you <laughs> you don't seem so impressed by yourself, but I'm impressed. I don't think it's that tough. I just think it's like, you know... Being uh, somewhat dedicated and and doing things efficiently, and that's about it. And mm. Some people just don't care. Yeah, probably a lot of people. Oh, he was my personal banker, the guy that works for me. George was your banker. Yeah, and I kept going in. And he kept, give me a job, man. Give me a job. You know, and the guy that like used to help me drive the girls was the boyfriend of one of our girls, and they got in a fist fight one day. So I went in the back and I said, "Okay, you want a job? You start tomorrow." Really? You were impressed that he got in a fist fight? Oh, no. The, this guy got in a fist fight with somebody else. No, this, uh, the guy before him right. got in a fist fight with a girl. And so oh, he was out. Yeah. And I went to the bank and I said, and, and I think he took like a week off from his job to see. He's like, I don't know, if this is real. And then like the first year he worked with me, he made three times more than he made as a banker. Right. So. Wow. I might have to get George on here someday. Go ahead. <laughs> Ask me, what did you do this week? <laughs> All right, man. Hey, I appreciate you so much for coming in. Thank you. Thank I think you. everybody out here, uh, I mean, I can't tell you to go anywhere to check out his stuff, but when you're checking his stuff. Speedwheels.com. Right, yeah. there you go. But, but when, uh, next time you jerk off, there's a very good chance that this man was involved in facilitating that nut hitting the <laughs> tissue paper. So much respect. Thank you very much, Spiegler. No Job Break, coolest podcast in the world. Check us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. IG. IG. If you want to cop a really amazing private snap. <laughs> Peace.